Investing in real estate versus cryptocurrency, public stocks, startups, gold, you name the investment vehicle. We're going to compare those here because I'm often asked after making millions and millions and millions of dollars with creative real estate investing, which are typically short term in nature, I've taken that money and of course invested it. And I'm often asked the question, do you only invest your money in real estate? And my answer is yes, only real estate. And they of course want to know why. Well, here is why. Because when I compare real estate as an investment vehicle, I can't find a better one. And I use a series of criteria to do that, and we're going to do that here. Now, if, you're, if your uh, preferred investment vehicle is not on this chart, that's fine. Do your own grading process based on the following criteria. We'll start with one, downside risk. Remember the first rule of investing by Warren Buffett? Don't lose money. And then rule number two is don't forget rule number one. So we'll talk about downside risk first, but we won't stay in negative town long. We'll talk about appreciation. Then we'll talk about its ability to be levered or to borrow money against it, leverage. We'll then talk about liquidity, how quickly you can turn it into liquid, into capital, into cash. Next, we'll talk about control, your ability to control the results or the, the returns of that investment vehicle. Then we'll talk about cash flow, and that is bringing in money while you own that investment vehicle. We'll talk about any tax benefits that may come as a result of you buying or owning and or any tax uh, benefits of reselling any of those investment vehicles. And then an inflation hedge. We're going into a season of very strong inflation here in America. And so that's also something we need to cover when we look at an investment vehicle in totality. Criteria number one is downside risk. Real estate. Now, there have been a few periods of time where real estate has gone down in value, 2008 through about mid-2011. And if you look at certain pockets of America, we saw after the tech bubble burst in about 2001 in the Bay Area of California, there was a, there was a, a quick drop. But even with those, the majority of America did not see any sort of real estate drop whatsoever in values in 2001 after that tech bubble. And fascinatingly enough, even during the real estate bubble burst of 08 through 2011, uh, there were a lot of parts of America that didn't actually lose value in real estate. They didn't go up. They just didn't lose value. Um, but yes, it did happen in certain areas. However, when you look at the entire history of real estate, it's extremely rare that real estate values go down. And I know right now this is another hot topic. People are concerned about the potential for housing and residential real estate values to drop. Uh, I've got a video, Housing is Booming, Will It Bust, where I talk about this in great detail. And you can go into more detail there. I, uh, I don't think real estate values are going to go down. Um, but when we look at another way at how to assess downside risk with real estate, we can look at banks. And we can look at where they're willing to lend the most money, because banks are conservative, for the, the longest uh, uh, amortization schedule, lowest interest rates, lowest down payment, and that's going to be real estate. So the gold standard for collateralization of a loan with a bank is real estate. So I'm gonna grade real estate's downside risk an A. Because historically, and what I see in the near future, and what we see from the way banks lend money, that is the gold standard, is real estate. And it's not just simply because of its value drop. They also have that as a gold standard, as we'll talk about later, because the cash flow coming in too. Money is generated from the asset, which can help offset those payments. All right, so what about the downside risk of cryptocurrency? 
I have no freaking clue. Okay, I don't own any cryptocurrency. I don't even understand it, right? But I do know that I don't know whether or not it's downside risk or not. I do know that it's gone up in tremendous value in the two in the last two years. In 2019, what is in the four to five thousand dollar range uh, for Bitcoin, and now it's around fifty, what fifty six thousand? Okay, so it's gone up tremendously. I just don't know its downside risk. All right, publicly traded stocks. We know that those go up and down. And we can see over time that those, those do have a pattern of doing so. So when it comes to downside risk, I think you're at about a C here. And it does depend on which stocks. Depends on if you're, you're tracking the entire market, let's say with a mutual fund, a no load, let's say uh, tracking the S&P 500 or, or whatnot. But public stocks definitely have some downside risk. And again, we can look back to the acid test of banks and what they'll lend money on. Uh, startups, okay, this is an F minus on downside risk. Right, so I'm often pitched with people who want me to fund their startup. And the way startup funding typically works, if you look at angel investors, Series A, Series B, and those rounds, what's happening is those Criteria number two is appreciation, and this is the ability for it to go up in value. All right, so we're going to start with putting real estate at about a C, and I'm going to end up changing that here in a moment. You'll see. But a C because real estate, when it does go up in value over the long haul, we're talking about barely keeping uh, pace with inflation, a little bit higher than that for housing. You know, maybe it's three, it's four percent. Some income producing properties, maybe it's five percent per year. So we're talking about an appreciation scale that it's relatively low. So that's why I'm at a C right now, but I'll, I'll talk more when we get to leverage as to why that's actually higher in the real world. All right, so cryptocurrency. I have no idea. I don't really know what's going to happen with that. Does it does it stay put at 56,000 for Bitcoin today? Does it go up to 100,000? I don't know, right? So uh, if you want to put an A in there, great. I mean, but I, again, I have no idea. Uh, publicly traded stocks, we know that this has been incredibly strong uh, over the long haul. And when you look at, um, you know, let's say a 10-year period or a 20-year period, if you're literally just tracking the market with a, with a no-load index fund, let's say tracking the Dow, yeah, I mean, you're looking at, what, 11%? Y'all know more than me, probably, 12%. It's pretty strong, right? So so publicly traded stocks definitely get a B there. They do, they do well with appreciation. I would say with startups, if you don't completely fall uh, uh, flat on your face, it's a complete A. There's the potential to really hit a home run with a startup that you fund. And you see that amongst some of the entrepreneurs and some of the wealthiest people in the world. You know, they funded Google early on. They funded PayPal early on. They funded Facebook early on. So, yes, there is a huge upside 
If, but but you're, of course you're taking on a massive downside as well. And then as far as gold, I it, it keeps pace with inflation, right? So we'll we'll put this one at maybe a C. It doesn't really actually appreciate. And I will touch on that real quickly. What I do know about currencies in general is that they're not appreciating because they're not actually adding any value, right? And so maybe I should go back here to, to gold and call that more like a D, because it. There's no there, there's no intrinsic value being added year after year. It is it is a currency, right? And so it, it fluctuates and it has aberrations in its value based on public opinion, but it's not actually appreciating based on value. Okay, so we're now going to go to leverage. Leverage is the ability to borrow money, and with this criteria, real estate is by far an A. It's an A because you can get the longest amortization schedules with the lowest interest rates and the lowest down payments with real estate and compared to every other investment vehicle that has any sort of ability to produce real results. So this is an absolute home run from a leverage perspective. I have a great video I recently put out on what every investor needs to know about rental loans. And it's uh, it's gonna show you that there are lenders out there that will give you really good rates that have nothing to do with your personal income. And that's what brings us here. Okay, so cryptocurrency is about a D here when it comes to borrowing money. You can borrow money against cryptocurrency, but it's gonna be a very short timeline, one, two, three years. It's gonna be a high interest rate, and their LTV is is uh, is really low. So this is, this is pitiful. Um, and with publicly traded stocks, you can, you can get a loan. You can get those on margin sometimes, but the loan programs are not nearly the same universe as real estate. Um, startups, uh, that's going to be an F. No, you've got to fund those deals. You're not borrowing money uh, in order to be able to put together a home run of, of a deal there. And a lot of times when you own those shares, because they're completely private and they're completely illiquid, there's no way to really borrow money against them. They just look good to you on paper and you're just hoping for a big home run down the road. Uh, and gold, that's probably going to be in that, uh, in that C range, right? Because here's the problem. These, to borrow against any of these other investment vehicles, it's based on your personal income. Because these aren't throwing off any capital. There, there's nothing to help offset those monthly payments. Real estate there is, as we'll talk when it comes to cash flow. Now, I, I told you that appreciation was at a C, but I was going to change that. I am. I think it's a B. Or even an A. And here's why. So if, if we go back to that video on rental loans, you can get a 25%, uh, if you put 25% down, you can get a 75% LTV loan on a rental property and it doesn't matter what your credit or anything is. Um, and so if you can do that, and those are, those are uh, competitive rates in about the six range um, because it's not really hard money, then what that means is you can borrow to, to a point where your investment, if it goes up by let's say 4% a year in appreciation, because you only put 25% down, it's really four times four, and you're now at a 16% appreciation on the cash you invested. Did I, did I make that clear? I hope I did, because I didn't write all that out. You, you are magnifying your appreciation when you borrow. And I have videos on the subject of borrowing money against real estate, and I think it's absolutely foolish 
not to get a loan against rental property when you can get one that is a competitive interest rate with a 30-year amortization. It's just nonsense to, to, to own it free and clear. And uh, I've been resolute on that for my entire career. I know plenty of you watching uh, completely disagree with me on that, but it's impossible for you to convince me when it comes to the actual argument in the pencil to paper and breaking it down. Having a loan against rental property is just financially responsible. All right, so wins with leverage. And I think it brings this back up to a B, if not an A, based on appreciation. And the only reason why it may not be an A is because a startup is the one that can, you know, do 500% fold. Okay, so uh, now we get to liquidity. Liquidity is the ability to turn something into cash real quickly. I know that this has been the biggest uh, mark against real estate investment, and that is because it is sometimes hard to sell. In my experience is because all of my assets are really well managed and they cash flow very well and they're in good areas, I find that I can sell a property, any property I want to sell, I can sell in under 30 days. And in, in, in just almost instantly. I had a situation not too long ago where a, a certain uh, municipality changed their vacation rental laws. And even though I should have been grandfathered in, they were being bullies. And they said, you have to shut yours down. And they said, look, if you disagree with us, then you can take us to court. And I didn't want to go through the five years in court and the, you know, however many tens of thousands in legal fees to win. So I put the property on the market and had it sold in 27 days. So I feel like uh, even the properties I own, if I have to sell them, they're not that bad from a liquidity perspective. And also, you could put a HELOC or a line of credit against some of your equity so you always have uh, liquidity. And then, of course, I keep cash on me as well. But this, this is not going to get an A. Um, some would give it even lower, but I'm going to give it a C here. And um, I have been able to make this C a B personally. Okay, but uh, obviously not everybody can do that, but I can, I can pull it off. All right, what is the liquidity of crypto? I would say that's an A. That's very quick. Public stocks is an A. This is an F. You can't get out of a startup. If you're, if you're an angel investor, you just better hope and pray it works out. And then gold, I think you're going to be at an A. You can quickly move gold. All right, so where we stand so far out of these four, you're starting to see that the cream is kind of rising to the top, isn't it? Yeah, it's not an A for everything, but we're talking A's and B's here on this report card, and there's plenty of problems elsewhere. All right, so now we get to a really big differentiator, control. This is an A. You have tremendous control when you own the property. So I'm not talking about properties that you might be a partial owner and a private money funder. I'm talking the ones that you own and control. You control the management. You control what upgrades you make to the property. You control what tenants you put in the property. And this, this is magical in the world of investment vehicles. When you lose control, it is so detrimental to the rest of what you could do with your investment vehicle. So this is an A. I think this is incredibly important. It's something I'm very passionate about. It's why I wrote a book. Um, here's the copy right here. Real Estate Investing Gone Bad. I talk about all kinds of stories, and many of them have to do with losing control over your, your real estate investment. You know, getting a, a stupid partnership together and, and things like that. So, um, Control is an A here. Do you have any control over the public perception of the value of cryptocurrency? No. You have no idea. You don't have control over what happens to it. I guess in, unless you control the media, but I don't think you... If you control the media, you're probably not watching my videos. 
Okay, um, publicly traded stocks, you have no control over them. Right? Even if you are the CEO, it's still difficult. There's a board of directors and you have an entire company. There's so many things you don't control. That's an F. Startups, you have no control. Maybe you get a board seat, so maybe you got a D on the level of control, but you're not the one uh, executing day in, day out. And then when it comes to gold, do you have any control over what people's perception or value of gold is? No. You have no control over gold. Does that make sense? Okay, so, uh, and again, if you, can, if you disagree with anything I'm sharing here, we got a huge comment section there, and you know I love to go back and forth. By the way, I, I just out of uh, randomness, uh, there's been these scams on these, um, on these YouTube uh, channels where they, they impersonate someone and start making comments. If you see comments about me uh, talking about cryptocurrency, you know it's a scam because I, you can tell I have no interest at all <laughs> in, that, in that investment vehicle. All right. Uh, cash flow, huge differentiator. You can have an A on cash flow with real estate in comparison to the rest. Do you get any cash? Do you have any dividends that come from uh, cur uh, currency? None, zero, zilch. Could you get a, a little bit, a, a little bit of a dividend from a public stock? Yes, but not like the old days. Is it in 1925 anymore? Um, yes, there's a little bit of dividend sometimes. But typically, the higher the dividend, the lower the appreciation. So there's that scale that you have to balance. So it's a D, it's not an F. Uh, do you get any sort of cash flow from a startup? Heck no. Startup needs to keep all their capital so they can keep pumping it in, pumping it in, pumping it in. So there's some big exit, right, when they try to either sell to another sucker investor or they put it on the, uh, on the stock exchange. All right, and then is there any way to get cash flow from gold? Okay, well, all right, maybe if you sell, you know, options or something. So maybe it's a, maybe I should put a D, but it's really an F here. So this allows you to get paid while you own the investment vehicle. And I want to underline this. So one of the points that some people make when they argue that I shouldn't own all of my assets in, in only real estate is they say, well, Phil, you could really hit a big home run with whether it be a startup or maybe a, if you knew enough about a certain public company and it was about to hit it big or if you knew enough about cryptocurrency and maybe if you bought in 2019 or something and I get a time machine. Here's one of my fundamental arguments. Okay, if, you, if this is a golden goose, if this is a golden goose, if this is a golden goose, if that is a golden goose, the only way you can get the golden egg from your golden goose is what? You gotta sell it. You gotta kill it. You gotta get rid of it, right? Because you can't really lever it very well. So, so what? So, so if cryptocurrency goes up in value tremendously, well, how does that benefit you now? How does that help you tomorrow? Well, I guess it just looks good on paper, right? And then you say, well, then Phil, I'll just sell it. Well, then you just sold your golden goose, right? So what then? Whereas with real estate, you get to keep your golden goose and you get to kill, uh, collect those eggs. Collect those eggs and you keep it. You're collecting eggs while you keep your golden goose. That's incredibly powerful. That it doesn't exist with other investment vehicles than the ones here. And again, if you've got some others that you've got on your on your piece of paper right now and you're trying to grade them, then uh, then great. I hope you're at least hitting these these grades along the way with these with these criteria. But we're not even done yet. So the next one is tax benefits. This is a magnificent A. There are so many benefits to real estate investment. All right, let me give you a couple of examples. And I have videos on this as well. One is a 1031 exchange. 
So you can sell one property, and if you have a large capital gain, when you sell that property, you can roll those capital gains and the depreciation recapture into your next deal. So you literally kick the can down the road and you're deferring your taxes. Uh, on capital gains taxes. That's incredibly powerful. You're not doing that here. You sell a public stock, you have a you have a capital gain that creates a uh, a taxable event, and then you're taking that after tax money and then you're reinvesting it. Here, you're the exact opposite. It's it's pre tax when you're investing on a 1031 exchange. But there's so much more than that. Um, in the most recent tax bill, I want to say it was what 2017, uh, they they made some little adjustments that a lot of people didn't notice. That real estate investors in some instances, are able to do certain improvements to a property, which could uh, impact its cash flow, impact its value, its appreciation. And you can fully depreciate or get 100% deduction on all that improvement in that calendar year. An example, let's say you have a triplex and you put in a... Um, washer and dryer in each one of the three units that didn't previously had it. And let's say you raise your rents by $50 a month because you put those in there. Now, all of a sudden, you have a tax benefit because everything you spent to improve on those is now uh, tax deductible, but yet you get more cash flow and more appreciation. It's huge. This is what's allowed uh, companies like Amazon to keep building these massive warehouses and take huge tax deductions because of it. It's incredible. So you reinvest in your asset, in your golden goose, and you get a deduction for it. It's, it's amazing. But there's even more. We get what's called depreciation. It's the ability to have a phantom loss on your tax returns, which reduces your taxable income. And that's fascinating because think about this. Depreciation is based on the idea that a single family home and its structure, its wood, its nails, its roof, it is, it is degrading at a rate of 27 and a half years. So you divide whatever your tax basis is for the structure by 27 and a half years and you get this yearly depreciation you can take. But you know what? Houses don't depreciate like that in real life. I own a property. It was a single family home built in 1883 here in Florida, which by the way is very old for Florida. Maybe in New England that's that's a modern house, but in Florida that was like the that was like the frontier of frontiers. And that house now the wood is so hard. It was fun one time I took a nail and a hammer. I tried to I tried to nail it in the in the basement and the um and the nail bent. I couldn't nail the nail in the wood. It was like concrete. So the wood didn't de deteriorate. It just got harder over time. So the idea is that the IRS is recognizing your, your, your single family home deteriorating, but yet it's not actually doing that uh, completely. I mean, certain things might go bad like the roof, but not everything. And so there you have a brilliant tax benefit. And uh, for commercial, I like guess 37 and a half years, but still you get tax benefits with real estate well, do you get that with cryptocurrency? When you buy a cryptocurrency, do you get some sort of tax benefit? No. Do you get that with stocks? Almost never. Uh, do you get that with a startup? Okay, maybe if it's in some opportunity zone. I have a video on that too, on opportunity zones. But let's call that an F as well. Uh, gold is also going to be an F. Because there's no tax benefits for buying gold. And the last criteria is an inflation hedge. Inflation is the devaluation of a currency. So historically, an inflation hedge has always been real estate. Now, the reason why is because as building materials goes up in, in prices, as labor costs go up, as all those things go up, 
builders charge more for the properties. And so what ends up happening is real estate historically has been a hedge against inflation. But so hasn't something like gold. In fact, that's been a great hedge against inflation because it has a more intrinsic value that has stood the, the test of history. Um, another example of a good uh, hedge against inflation is definitely going to be publicly traded stocks because businesses have to, have to raise their prices. Is it an A? No, it's probably more like a B. But it's also been something of help. Uh, cryptocurrency, I don't think we know just yet. I think there's, I was reading some articles about this. I think the, uh, the, the consensus has not, uh, has not landed on either side of whether or not it's a hedge against inflation or not. Some of y'all may argue uh, vehemently that it's a hedge against inflation. And then startups, uh, you know, really, I guess we call it a C, maybe less. So if you ask me, of the millions and millions and millions of dollars that I've had the honor and privilege to earn and then to invest, why do I put all of it, every bit of it, into real estate? Here's why. It has the downside risk as good as any other investment vehicle that exists. It has a great level of appreciation. And one thing I didn't mention too strongly on was because I have complete control, I can force appreciation, not just market appreciation, but by adding value to the property, which is also a tax benefit. It has uh, incredible leverage capabilities. Yes, it's not the strongest on liquidity, but I've, I've found a way to mitigate that. It's incredibly strong on control. It has cash flow, so I get to keep my golden goose while it keeps laying eggs. It's amazing. And of course the tax benefits and it's obviously a gold standard on a hedge against inflation. Well, I'm Phil Pustiowski with freedommentor.com. I'm a full-time real estate investor. That's where I've made my fortune. That's been my entire career. And now I'm also a mentor and coach to many of the most successful real estate investors all across North America. So if you want to learn more about how you could work with me and my team, consider my apprentice program. And that is where we turn people, including complete beginners, into first-class market-leading real estate professionals. If you haven't already, grab a copy of my book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor. I give it away for free here on these videos. If you haven't seen the video on housing boom, is it going to bust? Make sure you check that out too. I, I've been told by many people uh, in those comments that this isn't going to age well, Phil. Well, it's a couple months old now and it's aged perfectly. And that is because I have a lot of experience in this business. And so the advice I give to you, you can take it to the bank literally. All right, thanks y'all so much for watching this video. If you have any more comments and whatnot, please put them down below here. I look forward to, uh, to hearing from you. See you in the next video.